We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox trying to get down White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante. We got the Barstool Boys back in the building today. We got White Sox, Dave, and Dante back. Dante, I will start with you. How was running a marathon than going and playing in Vegas? Oh, man, it was a week. It was a fucking week. The marathon was so glad it's over. Let's just put it that way. Are you going to run another one? Fuck it. So listen. Right after I finished, I to myself, I said, I did it. I'm never doing another one of these ever again. Cross it off my list. It's over with. But as the night went on, all these fucking Twitter eggs and shit bags hiding behind their keyboard started DMing me, like talking shit about my finish time, which... <laughs> Which never even crossed my mind. I just wanted to finish the race. Yeah. And, I mean, what I was walked, your time? I walked a few miles with uh, a kid I know, have known forever, who's paralyzed and has raised a shitload of money. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I saw. I got stopped by a million people. Like family and friends surprised me on the on the like course. So it was a, a million things. So these people are like chirping me, talking shit, and like telling me. I took someone's place more deserving and what? you know, I should be ashamed of myself. So now I'm like, after a few days, I'm like, fuck these people. Now I have to run it again. Run another one to shove it down their fucking. Well, what was throat. your time? It, it was bad. Well, what was it? <laughs> it was, it was close to six hours. <clears throat> I ran five twenty five. just saying. <laughs> Am I the only one here who hasn't run a fucking marathon? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I mean, he had reasons for it. Actually, one person I was kind of running it with, not actually running it with, but I ran into them on the course. They needed, they didn't take any emodium and they needed to shit their brains out. So I made sure that that person was like not dying, which probably I could have shaved off like eight minutes. Did you take emodium when you ran the marathon? I pounded it throughout the before the night before morning. All <laughs> hey, the end. I wish I knew that. That was another <laughs> thing I didn't. I didn't learn. That's the one I heard: duct tape your nipples yep. and uh, pound emodium. Wow. I did yeah. not think that far into this. I was, did you duct tape your nipples, Dante? No, dude. I bought these, I bought these nipple covers that were used. I mean, Dave, I should have talked to you. Duct tape is the definitely the way to go. Yeah. These things dude, fucking you don't, fell off. Like they kept falling off and then you have to fucking yeah. put the Vaseline on and that doesn't even yeah. really help unless you put like a pound of it on. So you yeah. went full yeah. Andy Bernard and you had bleeding nipples, like running the marathon. Just one, just my right one. Oh, it's the worst fucking feel. Cause you have to like, yeah, it run with you. you're pulling your shirt out yeah. and everything. It's a nightmare. I mean, it's, it's the fucking hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, the lat you, you cruise the first 13 and yeah. It fucks with your head because you're like, this actually isn't that bad. This is like, there's a lot of downhills. There's not any uphill. And there's people everywhere cheering you on, which yep. you don't think gives you a boost, but it gives you a boost. It absolutely And then does, yeah. you get to this town, Wellesley, and it's nice, quaint little downtown. And after you get through the downtown, it is fucking like- Vertical? Dude, it was- oh. It was excruciating. And I, I like an idiot. I ran the first hill and I was, I was shot. It was, it was like over for me after that. My fucking quads were on fire. I lost my breath. 
I had to start walking. And then once you start walking after running that far, your feet, your legs just yeah. turn to stone. Oh my God. And trying to get going again, your legs feel so heavy. So I was just like, fuck. And then there was like worse hills than Heartbreak Hill on like mile 20, I think, which is, oh. yeah, it, it's fucking torture. I have so much respect for the people that do it and do it like under three hours. They're, they're fucking not human. They're not Jesus human. Christ, I remember dude. the, so when I ran it, it was, uh, I was living off Augusta in Chicago and they're the middle part of the track. It's right at the 15 mile markers, United center. And that's when it, cause it was like unnatural or unseasonably hot when I ran it. So it was like 80, 82 degrees, Ooh. which is oh. way too fucking oh. hot. Oh. You want it to be like 60 degrees. And I started at like 7 a.m. and this was at like maybe 10:30, so it was starting to get hot and humid. And I remember thinking to myself, I could take a right on Damon, be home in on my couch in five minutes, or I could take a left and run another 11 miles in this fucking heat. Oh, and it was like an honest thing I considered. Yeah, dude, it's men. It's more it's, mental than physical. Oh, it's a hundred percent. It's I'd say 90 percent mental. Dude, I made I almost made a decision I was never gonna do it. Do you remember when Diddy ran the New York City Marathon and he did it on like no training? Do you remember they did like an MTV documentary about it? And on like mile 20, he started to have like a seizure. His legs just started to seize up and shit. And I was like, nah, I'm I'm good. I think I can live without doing the marathon. Dude, it's like I, you yo. need like you could train for I would say three to four months and do it and finish it. Nah, I mean, dude. I saw people, I saw like professional- at least Chicago, Chicago's flat. So Boston, there's not a lot. Like you can't just get into Boston. Like if no, it, I know. It, it wasn't for, right. Like if it wasn't for Gronk, I would not be running it. But Shout out Gronk. It was even less. It was even fewer people this year because of COVID. So they they usually I think do thirty, and this year it was only twenty, and that's why people were like chirping me extra hard. But fuck them. Um, there were people I saw all over the course, like stretchers, people getting carted off in wheelchairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are medical tents. Like yep. people in it, and these people were in really good shape, and they were dropping like flies. And I mean, it's it's fucking intense. Now, really. let me ask you the important question: What music were you listening to Ooh. while you were running? I made a mix. Did you? The only yeah, way to my, go. One of uh, one of my friends' uh, wife. I'm actually friends with her too. They own a uh, spin cycle yeah. in in Boston and uh studio and she's a, she teaches like three classes a day she's in insane shape her name is nancy and uh she puts together really good playlists for the classes and she shares them with me and i told her i was like send me your three best playlists and i'm just gonna make a mix of all the songs so she did i put it together was That's there anyone so, go ahead dave well i was gonna say when i when i ran it i <clears throat> when i got to the point where i'm like okay i need to walk i would run a song walk a song and then my headphones died with like oh. three miles left oh my god and uh I, that's when i just put my head down and finished it i didn't walk again it was right at Sox park where my uh uh phone or my headphones died where does it end dave uh south end of millennium park oh really yeah it starts at like the north end of it dante did Wait. you have any one moment where like a song came on and it like jettisoned you like on a path like was there one moment where we were like oh shit this just came on i'm in nah dude i'm <laughs> we were just talking to like jet ski and he's talking about how he doesn't like working on his own shit like i 
there's nothing I hate more than listening to my own mixes because mm. when I make them, I just hear the fucking same thing over yeah, and over yeah, and yeah. over, and I yeah. never want to hear it again afterwards. So I already know what's coming up. I've listened to it a million times. I'm sick of everything. So it was, no. Speaking of mixes, not marathon related. What was the experience like getting in front of a crowd in Vegas and fucking rocking a show? How'd that feel? Dude, honestly, it was fucking amazing. I was so, you should like ask my fiance. I was so nervous. Ooh. Immediately after the marathon was over, we were back in the hotel room and I just went straight into worrying about Vegas and DJing. Like, fuck, I got a, I got a DJ on Thursday. I haven't played in front of a big crowd in a year and hey, you, you know, had the you had the tune up at the smoke out. I know, but that was totally different. That was country and yeah, I, mean, yeah, I was yeah. nervous as fuck for that too, but for different reasons. This was like, you know, everyone's just like, dude, you've done it for 20 years. It's like riding a bike. And it is, but it isn't. It's for sure. I mean, Colin, you know, like what I was know. your what was your show like? For me, it was the week leading up. I wasn't nervous about the actual show itself. I was nervous about people getting tested for COVID before and not being able to get to play. But day of, I was cool as a fucking cucumber. I didn't think twice. I was just like so elated to be doing it. But I was also embarrassed because I've been recently like thinking back on this because it's been two weeks since we did it. And loading in was so fucking embarrassing because we backed everything up and unloaded and as we were doing that jane's addictions two semi trucks rolled in and backed up to the loading truck and unloaded all their shit and i was like wow there is still so much left to fucking do because they got fucking semi trucks we had two fucking carts full of gear they had semi trucks i'm talking full on like fucking down the highway semi trucks full of gear just to play a show but like as far as like nerves went i was good dude i was ready to fucking run through a wall i also had like seven beers before so i was like i was you weren't worried about how tight you guys were gonna sound and in sync and everything after that we we i we drill ourselves like we we have a rehearsal studio that we we rent constantly so we're in there all the time i trusted my guys and i knew what it was going to be i knew that was going to be good um, the only thing I really was worried about was when, <laughs> was if Dave was coming in and Dave last minute couldn't come in. I was like, how's highway to hell going to go? Is Dave going to be able to do this? And then once that wasn't on my shoulders, I was like, ah, fuck it. It's just another Foxtrot show. We can do this shit. That was good. But like, honestly, like it was more like adrenaline being like, holy shit, I get to do this again. But it was, it was all like the week leading up. I was like, holy shit. I hope all the gear is like still good. All the fucking quarter inch cables, nothing shits out on us. I hope that nobody gets COVID and we can't play. I hope I don't give COVID to fucking cheap trick. They're all 80 years old. I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> like that was to me more what I was worried about. But day of show, I was Gucci. Like that was, I was good. But like day of show, how did you feel in Vegas? Dude, I was freaking out. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I was, I wish I was as confident as you were and, you know, cool, but cause I would have enjoyed it way more, but Again, like I used to, I used to do this shit with my eyes closed. I would mm. play so often during the week. I would play, you know, big rooms. Nothing really phased me uh, unless it was something out of my comfort zone, like weddings. Like weddings used oh, to like so weird. Used to make me nervous because just because I never, I only do like one or two a year, and they were different for me. But this was like DJing for the first time again, and it was in front of 
3,500 people before DJ Snake goes on. I mean, it was like, it was really intense. I got done and immediately was like, (sighs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, you're not off the hook yet, bro. We are we're not. Gonna, yeah, uh, you, we we you got have to reschedule that. We already have it rescheduled. It's already good, and you're gonna be there. South side of, South side South side of Chicago. Oh fuck, uh, Wish Fest. Yep. Yes. And there is another huge act that's coming with us, who happens to be a friend of ours from the podcast that I'll talk to you about after this. They already announced two artists. Uh, Foxtrot will be there, which isn't announced yet, and whatever it's 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 coming out regardless but there is another really big band that will be there as well who are close personal friends of ours closer personal friends of barstool and they will be there as well dude wait till you see this place it is it is it's fucking rowdy oh yeah dude you're about to get a i mean you you've gotten the 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 cliff notes being from your part of philly i'm assuming it's really really similar to the south side i'm excited you know chicago is my biggest spotify city like, like by far somehow Chicago on my analytics is by far like by a thousand people. My, my biggest Spotify city. I can't wait to get in there and fuck shit up. I can't wait to bring Dave on stage in his hometown. By the way, we need to record an episode of the podcast that weekend. Like, oh, we from will. Chicago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And Definitely. I'm gonna, I am gonna get that motherfucker from California, Kenny Carkeet in the building for that. You I don't give to. a fuck what I have to do. He's got a, he's a fucking pilot. He can fly himself. God damn it. So uh that fucking, is true. dude look i'm excited this feels good i know you we've all been fucking super busy we're back on the grind here with the podcast we have two great interviews today we have wayne jetski of barstool sports what's his fucking real name <laughs> we just kevin? i didn't kevin. know that was i didn't know kevin. that was his name at all i thought it was just wayne and jetski like came came along i had never even really said a word to wayne slash kevin <laughs> in my life um outside of like hey how you doing and what an awesome story, man. Dude, I'm, I'm excited story. for people to listen to it. He's a good dude, man. He makes great music. Wayne's World just came out, charted on iTunes, independent. When, when like this came about, I was excited to pick his brain on how he did it. And I love how he actually went through his whole process of how this whole thing went on. So it's a really great combo. It's going to be coming up in a couple minutes. We also, for the first time in a few weeks, have a pick of the week. It's a band called The Heavy Hours. They're out of Cincinnati, Ohio. They reached out to us. Their people represent some people we've had on the podcast. I got introduced, amazing fucking band, just put out their first EP that some of it was co-written by Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys. Okay. Uh, The producer for the Lumineers cut the album. They just got off the road with Galactic and just did a show in Chicago outside of Wrigley Field with uh, with Nathaniel Rateliff. So they are fucking, yeah, they are fucking smashing it. It's a great convo at the end. We play one of their new singles. We got what the fuck we've been listening to on list, off list, talking about some music news, talking some shit. We got John Cusack to talk about. We got fucking more Dante stuff. We got more me stuff. But to start it off, let's go into our interview with Wayne Jetski. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have rapper, producer for Barstool Sports, motherfucking Wayne Jetski in the building. How are we, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. This is, uh, this is an honor and a pleasure. I'm outstanding, dude. Like I said, I, I, I've been excited for this one. When Dante brought this up, I was super fucking excited. And reason one, we always start with a question. And the reason why I really wanted to have you on, because the video that went crazy on Twitter a couple weeks ago, I do have a question. Does anybody love anything more in the world than you love the fucking Annie Up remix by MOP? i'm a huge fan as well it's such dude such a like hype song that 
just want to fucking break shit, run through walls. Great. Yeah, you talking about when I heard when I was dancing to it in front of Billy's in uh, outside Yankee Stadium. It was fucking incredible, dude. I saw myself in that moment. I've had those moments before where you hear something, you just fucking lose it. That was fucking incredible. And ever since Dante said to come on, I've rewatched that video like eighteen thousand times. So. I was a little stiffer than in my moves, and I had that I like usually hope to be. I kind of had like a scarecrow thing going on. I thought I was doing like the Chris Brown, like he keeps his head still and like moves his body around his head. Yeah. And I tried to kind of do that, and then it just turned into me looking like like the scarecrow or Tin Man. So. <laughs> cigarette in hand obviously tuned up just fucking yep. raging to mop it was a great moment for the culture bro we appreciate had it to, had to i appreciate you appreciating it bro how are you today i'm good i'm very good i uh had a little bit of a, a throat cold in the, in the beginning of the day i was gonna try to record some, some music today i didn't end up doing it but uh it was good just hung out on the couch live stream some soccer matches for uh for, well, with troops so it's been a casual work from home day for me Bro, that podcast is going crazy. Like, how the fuck did that come together? How'd you wind up working with troops? It's weird because I'm not like a, a like traditional like soccer or whatever, English football guy. Um, but I had shot a video with him when he came over in December of 2019. Zaza, he's an Arsenal fan. Um, so, and Zaza's his co-host now. But Zaza was like, we got to film a video uh, with this guy. He's coming out. Like, I think it'd be a good idea for maybe... Because Barcelona was courting him at the time, tr- or trying to at least, and like nothing was set in stone. So, like, I think it'd be a good idea if you came with us and like you know, I trust you behind the camera. Like, I'm sure he'll like you. So we shot a, a video at a bar at Jack Doyle's. Um, and it was just like a, a match vlog. Um, and he liked it. He fucked with it. And then I think he was supposed to sign in the next couple months, but then COVID slowed everything down. Um, and then word got kind of going through the grapevine in the last fall that he was signing. And I had just kind of took it upon myself to talk to like our uh, head of production, Jen. And I was like, if you need anybody who, um, or anybody to help out on on the production side with troops. I think I have a pretty good rapport with them. I uh, shot a couple of videos. We like follow each other on uh, social media and stay in contact. Like if you if you need someone, I'm definitely down to try to do it. And she was like, all right, keep that in mind. And then he ended up coming over and kind of just started doing the audio for it. And there was no video. And then he, me and him just kind of hit it off even more. And then lo and behold, I started fucking traveling the world with him and getting kicked out of Wembley Stadium with him. So, That's one of my favorite parts of Barstool is that it's so big now because <clears throat> Like, Dante's been affiliated by far the longest, but I've been since 2012, nine years now. And it was, like, 15 or 18 guys at the time, and, like, everybody knew everybody. It's I love hearing those backstories because I i don't know a fucking thing about soccer yeah. or <laughs> English football, but, like, we bring this kid over from overseas, and he's, like, going crazy on these live streams. It's got me to tune in a little bit, you know? Yeah. I, it I makes mean, it interesting. It's a fucking it makes it interesting, with- right. The troops thing is a runaway train. It's unfucking believable. And I mean, we've had so many conversations with either Robbie or Dave or Dante or even Smitty a couple, like a few months back. Like, I'm interested in how you got to Barstool because I like what, what was the early days like for you? How did you wind up going from getting your foot in the door and then, and then wind up where you are today? So I started like bottom of the bottom of the barrel, like intern bitch. Like, I don't even know if I classified as an intern. I was just getting coffee. Um, like one of my first actual, uh, like, decently sized like obligations that I had to do was empty out the RV. Um, it was like my first month. Oh, at, like uh, the fucking porta potty bar. And like- I had to end that, like oh. empty, empty out the waste after like Glenny <laughs> and Caleb and all of them had been on fucking tour or whatever. So it was my like second week on the job and I'm in, uh, there's a RV park in Jersey city. So that's where they had the RV. Mind you've never driven an RV or never parked an RV and definitely never disposed of the sewage. So they hired some detailing guy who was basically like a human rat. Like he looked like the guy from <laughs> like, uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the guy who turns into the rat, he looked like that guy. Um, and he had convinced me, I'm like 22 at the time, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. He convinced me 
Oh, like we don't need to use like the, the pump because you're supposed to obviously like pull it up to a certain area of the RV park, like hook up a pump and then pump out all the waste. And he's like, no, I'm just going to get this like big garbage can and just we'll open the valve. And I'll, he tried to catch the oh. shit oh. in the garbage can. And I like, dude, what? And I knew this was a bad idea, but he was like, this is like a 45 year old man. He's telling me like, just do this. This is a good idea. Like it'll be easier, it'll be less work. So I like open the valve and the shit just starts spraying out. He goes like spraying 10 feet away, like the, covered in shit, the barrel's gone. Oh. And then the people who worked at the RV park like came out like the security they're like you can't do this This is illegal this is like a like an environmental crime and i was like freaking out thinking i was gonna get fired like bugging out the guy gets in his car and dips like we didn't even pay him for the detailing like he just left because he thought he was gonna go to jail so i'm freaking out i called my boss who was office manager brett at the time and i'm like they tell they tell me it's gonna be like a thousand dollars or something like that and he's like oh no worries like put it on on the company car it's not a big deal (laughs) And like, I didn't realize it was going to be an issue, but at, at the time it felt like the world was collapsing, but I started like bottom of the barrel shit. I uh, literally, had a, literally, bottom literally, of the barrel yes. shit. literally, but I had like a, a music and sports blog in college that kind of got me in the front door and I it got me a, um, an internship interview in the spring of my senior year and I didn't get the job. And then they kind of just kept me in like the Rolodex and then they needed a, um, an intern for Brett and they called me when I was like, uh, teaching third graders math at the YMCA because <laughs> I, ha- I didn't graduate on time so I had to like come back home from school in Hoboken and I was like taking class at Hofstra and then teaching these kids math um, and I was like oh my life's over I'm fucked and then one day this guy was this guy was a chief of staff at the time Beardo was like uh, uh, hey we looked at your resume uh, we know you interviewed before do you want to wait uh, like, Beardo brought you in Beardo brought me in yeah no he, way that's played, my boy because he played in a uh, men's lacrosse league with this kid that I went to college with and he just mentioned to him, like, offhand that he needed an intern. And he was like, oh, my buddy interviewed for you guys. Actually. Oh, dude, I didn't know you started with him. Yeah, Beardo, Beardo was one of the guys that, uh, like, went to bat for me also when I, like, got caught by Nate. Great guy. Job. Great so guy. He's, he's a good dude. Bro, none of you guys have a normal story. There is no normal fucking story. No, there is. The door, bro. No is, he, is he still working for the Winklevoss twins now? I saw him like a year and a half ago on the on the path at Hoboken, and he told me he was yeah I think he's working for Gemini. I think he's I don't know if he still what? is right now, but at the time when I saw him, I, I think he was fucking sellout. Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. Well, I mean, I love the fucking backstories. That's what it's all about. But I mean, the reason you're here today is Wayne's World. The fucking so, tape just dropped. It, it, first off, this thing charted, right? Yeah, it charted on uh, iTunes. It hit on the overall charts. It hit number thirty six, and then on the uh, hip hop charts, it hit number six. God damn, bro! This is is no joke, man. That's no no joke. That's no joke at all. Yeah, and it's obviously not up there right now. Like, but for a week, it it was like doing numbers, and and there was a kind of a method to the madness behind uh, how that happened and what what I did. I don't know if I want to give all the sauce, but. I guess I will. Bro, this is a sauce podcast. We're here for artists. Like, we're here to fucking give game and shit. No, don't give away all your secrets because there's millions of people listening to this. And I don't want everybody's got the secret. Nobody's got the secret. Yeah, exactly. I'll give up a little bit. Only divulge divulge what you want. Exactly. Give part of the sauce. Okay. So I was, I've been working on this probably for about the better part of a year. Just the idea of like the, like, the, the name that came into my head probably this time last year. And I was like working with my, my best friend, who's also my producer, uh, Joe, he goes by Sag fire makes all my beats. Um, and he was just like, well, if you make your name's Wayne Jetsky, if you make an album, like you got to call it Wayne's bro. I'm like, all right, you're right. So we kind of had locked in for better part of a year. I don't know, recording maybe like 30, 40 songs, then whittled it down to like whatever is like the 15 with interludes and stuff. Um, and this whole time, 
it got really slowed down by me going to London because we had like almost all the songs done. We were just doing final mixing sessions, figuring out the cover art. And then I had to go to London for a month and that kind of slowed things down. I had to come back. And then I recorded a couple songs like drunk in my hotel room that I wanted to use uh, for the album. So then I was finally like done with the, the whole body of work. And then I'm just like, do I want to shoot music videos for it? How do I want to promo this? And like, make sure it gets some, some type of traction. And I had actually saw this fucking, yeah, it's, I credit it to two things. One, I saw a TikTok of this guy. Um, I don't remember his name, but he was like, if you're an independent artist, like the hook was like, if you're an independent artist, watch this. Uh, and he's like, it, the main thesis of the video was don't drop music on Fridays. Mm. Um, he's like, everyone drops music on Fridays. Why does everyone drop music on Fridays? It's because of now everything's about streaming. And it was also like when ac- actual record sales mattered, like for some reason, I guess it was just like a, a, a just how the, re- the record industry worked. They dropped everything on Fridays. but It now was Tuesday for a while. Now it's Friday. Yeah, but with streaming, apparently, the if you drop on a Friday, you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday towards your streams, but you don't. that doesn't count as the first week. So your first week doesn't technically count until Monday. Mm. So you get those three extra days. And I'm, gonna, I'm dropping this album, and I'm not looking to compete with like a Drake or like a Kanye or like one of these guys who have these million-dollar budgets behind uh, behind them. So this video kind of just reiterated, like if you're an independent artist, drop on a Wednesday, like you have a better chance of hitting any, any charts on iTunes or whatever. And then they're like incentivize, uh, your fan base to buy the album, just stress buying the album, buying the album. And obviously like, that's one way to just hit everybody up, you know, like, please buy the album. But then I was kind of thinking like, there needs to be some other like incentive for it to actually work. So I was paying attention to Mike Studd a lot and Mm. he goes by, uh, just Mike now. And he had like a bundle basically with his album. And it was like, if you purchase the album on iTunes, you get like a merch discount and you get like a documentary and you get all this shit. I didn't have that much to give, but I like, I'm good at Photoshop. I was like, like the thing is though, Jessica, you said something though. You can't pregame to Donda. You're not going to go and put no. on like, you're not no. going to go put on Lord. I need you before you go out to the fucking bar, but you can put on <laughs> Poppy's home before you go out. So yeah, there's sure. moments, there's fucking moments. Right. You know what I mean? So, but all right, I got, I got, I got one more. Okay. Wait, Wayne or Jay Z? Uh, Lil Wayne for sure for me. Oh, I think I think I was, I, and that's not me like disrespecting Jay Z. I think Jay Z is a little before my time. Like, yeah, when I started really listening to music, like the first rap album I ever, or that, I should I shouldn't lie, the first rap album I ever downloaded was, was Gary Trying. It was Gary Shack Trying. But then the second, the first one that rap album that I like really fell in love with was Eighth Grade, uh, the Carter Three, yeah. and. Yeah. Like that just like kind of solidified for me. And Jay-Z, like when I don't even know how old I was when like the Black Album and like Reasonable Dad and Electric came out. Like I, I just, w- it wasn't really in my rotation. Then I wasn't yeah. like going, I'm not going to go back. I'll go back now and listen to some of it, but it just like was never like big in, in, in my eyes. I was born in 94. So like it wasn't like I was too, I think just too young to really. Dude, talking to 80s kids. Well, Colin's not an 80s kid. I'm not an 80s kid. Jay-Z's like, he's the GOAT, man. Jay-Z has the greatest the career Rushmore. of all time. Jay-Z See? has the greatest career of all time. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put it this way to you. Jordan coming back, the wizard shit, if he had just called it quits after, you know, the Utah championship, I mean, people still considering the greatest of all time. If Jay-Z really went out after the black album it's like not even a question he's he's up there with biggie and it the fact he came back and has just put out not bad albums but not anywhere near the level everything was up until the black album now i agree with 
Wayne. I, I would take Wayne over Jay-Z now because he's The Carter Three, I think, again. is the last rap album that I, I listened to, like, nonstop, no matter what the situation was. Bro, bro Jetski, me and you, you're my brother's age. I'm, I'm two years older than my brother. So it's like Wayne's run from, like, 06 to, like, 2011 is the greatest run in hip-hop history the fucking mixtape run. No ceiling. No ceiling. In the draft. Yeah. three. Yeah, no, that's to me, Wayne will always have that special place in my heart. But if Wayne would have stopped after, you know, no ceilings and there wasn't that gap from like 2013 when he got out of jail until he fucking until recently he's gone on this feature run that's been fucking incredible. Like they both have these like slight gaps, but Jay-Z has the greatest career of all time. Wayne has the best run. Rain, like Wayne a, tried to do a punk album, but like Wayne was ahead of his time with that. No one want, wanted any like part of that, but without that album, I don't think there's a fucking like a juice world or like anything like that. So Wayne, sure, yeah. Wayne changed the world. Wayne fucked the world up. There would not be a young thug. There wouldn't be any of the shit that's going on right now without Wayne. Yeah, hundred percent. I just need my Wayne really, really, really fucked up on codeine to function. Like that's that's the Wayne that I want, which sounds fucking terrible, but that's the Wayne that I want. That's why he looks like fucking Kermit the Frog. Right <laughs> <laughs> Factual information, dude. All right, Jetski, we're, we're going to let you get out of here, bro. Uh, before you do, any new music on the horizon? I know that Wayne's World just came out, but like, what's the next move? Uh, next move is uh, probably dropping a single in the next two, three weeks. Um, and nice. then I'm, I'm planning on doing a, uh, like a live set, kind of like a, yes. a tiny desk type of thing. I have like a, the studio I go to has like a live uh, engineered like rig that they, they can bring around. So Good shit. I'm going to do something like that. That'll, that'll be dropping within, you know, the next month, hopefully as well. So singles and then more promotional shit, like the live set for, for Wayne's world. But if anyone's out there who hasn't listened to the album, please listen to the album. Um, and yeah, fucking save it to your Spotify playlist actually. Cause that helps with the algorithm. And I didn't realize that until a little, it was a little too late, but if you had like any of the songs, make a playlist, even if it's the only fucking song on the playlist and just save it to that playlist, it helps boost the Spotify algorithm. This man is literally, see, now you're giving out gems and I appreciate yeah. this. It's little things, dude. Fucking Wayne Jetski. Thank you very much, bro. We'll have you back on soon. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you, bro. Thanks, man. All right, so that was our interview with Wayne Jetski. Go stream Wayne's World, buy the merch, do all that shit. He's got more music dropping soon. Great guy. The Barstool journey always interests me, and I always love hearing how people got their job there, but I've never heard of anybody getting covered in human shit to do it. So that was that was, that was was new for <laughs> me. So. Dave, did you ever get covered in human shit getting your job at Barstool? I uh, can't say that I have. Just uh, internet shit. <laughs> Lots of it. Fair Figuratively. Enough. Oh, by the way, Dante, I was with my buddy Sean this weekend. We're sitting out back. He went to East Stroudsburg University. And he was talk he was talking about the fucking that, blackout tours. And I was dude. like, dude, Dante used to DJ those. Dude, we used to live at ESU. That's what he said. He was like, they were there every fucking day. He graduated in 2014. So he was there oh, in the he fucking was heyday. Definitely there. Yeah, that was a heyday. We like raised a banner in that theater or something. Cause I mean, that fight that school, you want to talk about middle of nowhere, yep. just party school. It was fucking nuts. I mean, that, that was a that was a fun time. That's my best friend in the world, uh, Northeast awesome. Philly dude. But uh, he used to try and get me to come up to East Strasburg all the time. I went to Westchester. And I was like, I'm not coming up to some bumblefuck school in the middle of the mountains, dude. I'm not doing it. And then I hear all these fucking stories about the blackout tour. He said it was an amazing time. But he said the theater was basically covered in asbestos. He's like, it's an old-ass building. But you guys used to just fucking hammer that spot, dude. Yeah, we used to do, I think we used to do like two shows back-to-back each semester for like four years i mean we were there all the time all the time jesus christ we need to resurrect the blackout tour i think i need i think it needs to happen could I mean, it we happen tried, we tried at the super bowl in miami and uh <laughs> indoor hurricane yeah indoor hurricane and in, uh like christ. six feet of water 
fell in about half an hour, so it got canceled. Jesus Christ. Dave, we didn't touch this before we get into music news. How does it feel to be back to normal human civilization and not being a, a viral internet sensation? You tell me, actually. What did you think when you saw the video? I thought it was fucking hilarious. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Our text, uh, yo, our text thread was. Oh my god, dude! I couldn't. My because I had no because I had no so clue what the hell much. was going on. Yeah, Dante, were... Dante was literally texting like, "Wait, what?" And I was like, "Dude, go on the fucking internet. What are you doing?" I was like, "Colin's <laughs> like Edward Snowden is tweeting about Dave." Like wait, that was wait, the wait. wildest part, but like the way he said it, like I just completely disregarded the fact that it was like one of the most. Uh, famous slash infamous i don't know take it take it i mean it's one or the other um people on the fucking planet but he's like oh he's an insight and i instead of being like whoa edward snowden just like quote tweeted me it was more like what the fuck is this guy talking about and that's why i love dave because he wasn't like wow edward snowden who's currently like exiled from the united states and in hiding is talking about he's like you don't know shit about baseball snoring, you pussy. I love it. He's, it's honest. That was, that was the that was like my what everybody loved the most is from what I gather is that like as soon as the encounter happened, I just forgot about it and went back to like <laughs> tweeting mundane White Sox shit. And that's the best part. It's the best fucking part, dude. And that's why we fucking love you. God. Well, damn Dante, it. you said he's just a world class douche, right? I don't. I don't want the smoke. With him, <laughs> but he's gonna yeah. leak your secrets, I mean, dog. Way before this happened, I I told you stories about yeah him coming. So in I, regularly, that's why like, I don't feel bad. Like, oh, I thought you were talking about Edward Snowden. No, no, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. I definitely don't want to smoke with him. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, he's Cusack's fucking whatever, dude. You, I mean, I, you you could have had a better performance, but <laughs> he threw me off when he got confrontational. Okay. I know you, you should have fucking gave it right back to him, but whatever you, you weren't out of line. He's a fucking squeezer. Whatever. Fuck him. Pink hat pussy. Uh, yeah. So fuck that shit. I'm just happy to have you back. Happy to be back on the, on, on the grind. It is here. good to be back into like a new normal routine though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I want to get into this at the end, but we have a fucking crazy ass guest coming up in the next couple weeks. Like we have a couple that we might be lined up, but there's one that Kenny has lined up. that is legitimately like, I, I, I don't even know what I'm going to fucking say to this guy. I really, I really don't, and I'm, I'm being a dickhead right now. I'm not even really alluding to who it is, but fuck. Uh, let's go into music news. Uh, we had a lot of huge artists drop last week. We are currently in the mode of, like, the way movies are coming back to theaters, music is, get, like, coming back to getting dropped, and I mean, like, the biggest artists in the world. Adele dropped Easy on me. It's the first single from her new record, 30. It's, it's an insane vocal performance, but Dante, I know in our text conversations, you weren't a fan. Can you please explain to me your position on the song? Yes, and I have to clarify it because I don't think it's a bad song. I do think it is very forgettable, and if that's the lead single for this album, they've been hyping the fuck out of. And, I mean, dude, she was on the cover of Vanity Fair. Yep. I mean, she's doing interviews with like all the major news outlets. I mean, Everybody. she's she's getting press that nobody else gets for this kind of shit. And that was the lead single. I was just like, you could have you could have played that for me without telling me it was the lead single. And I would have believed you if you told me that was a B side from yeah. 21 or um the second one. But it it just sounded like everything else she's done. 
facts. And, now, I said that in the fucking what, what the fuck we would listen to video on Instagram. And I'm going to counter your point by saying I kind of like that. I kind of like that she's not riding a wave. I kind of like that she's just being true to herself. And, like, it's just a fucking piano in her vocal. That's really cool. I am interested to see whether or not she gets experimental on the record. Like, do you think she's going to, like, partner up with a fucking DJ or do some Dua Lipa shit? Like, can she go that way? Or is it just going to be her in a dress with a piano? No, you, I mean, you don't want, like you said, you don't want to see her do that. That's not her, like, forte. But I do love, you know, someone like you like where she's showing her range and i mean do you feel like the emotion like when she's just like cool calm collected you know monotone it's i mean her voice is amazing but Mm -hmm. like that doesn't make the hair on the back of my neck stand up you know so i i she is an unbelievable vocal and dave i want your opinion on this too but i want to bring up a fact i don't know if everybody knows (coughs) funny time to cough do you know she used to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day which is no. fucking wild, dude. Do you know how hard that is to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day? When she made 19 and 21, the first two records, she was smoking two packs of cigs a day and putting those vocal parts in. God's gift. God's, dude, gift, God's gift. Dude, legit, like, touched by the hand of God. Like, yeah. God damn. Like, two packs of cigs a day is work. Like, you have to actually try. Really, That's 40 <laughs> cigarettes in a day, every day. Dude, Europeans, man. That's... Yep. Yo, major fact. Go to go to Europe and try not to smoke. Dude, they it's got hard. fucking fucking old Italian people. They got yellow finger. Their fucking two fingers are yellow because of fucking holding cigarettes so much. Bro, my grandmother, my grandmother, uh, Gloria Maria Lucia Duraco, smoked Newport hundreds with the windows up every day until she died. And that is how they do it in Europe. She's off the boat from Italy, so I agree. But David, what was your opinion on the new Adele song? Um. Good, but I like I. I'm trying to word this properly. It was everything I expected, nothing more, nothing less, and it was just classic Adele. Like I, I, I will, I have thrown it on a couple different random Spotify playlists. I have, and um, like I, I, I liked it. I like it. I mean, it was classic Adele. It was good. I don't think that that can be the banger from the album, though. I think like there has, there has to be something on there that like this is the warm up, and then there's going to be something that comes out that is like some someone like you were like rolling in the deep. Like there has to be something that sets the tone. That's like yo, this she's fucking back, dog. Like you know what I mean? Like it's there. It's a good warm up, but I want to see where it goes. But she sounds amazing. Like she sounds fucking great. Yeah, I that's I, 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 I that, that's all I got on it. Really, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. But I don't know. It's not. It's not hello. It's not exactly, you know. but I mean, and like that kind of leads me into my larger conversation about the other shit that was dropped this week. Did you guys know that Coldplay dropped a new album? Did not. I didn't either at first. It just fucking showed up on my on on my Spotify playlist. Didn't listen to it. I've been out on Coldplay for like three albums now. Like I love Coldplay, but like we get it. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm past it. After they started doing the shit with the EDM world, I'm cool. Like it See, is. See now that now I'm the, I'm the opposite. Oh, you like when they leaned into it. Dude, it's fucking, I mean, it's not to shit on EDM music, but it's very, uh, there's not a lot of substance to it. Sure. You know, like the vocals make no fucking sense or they're just so overdramatic. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The Coldplay stuff they've been putting out, 
and not even like the Chainsmokers song, but their first single off this album, I yeah. think it was Max Martin. Oh, Max did Martin it? did it. Dude, banger. No shit. Fucking, yeah. Oh, now I'm going to have to dive in. Well, they did some shit with BTS, and they had the other feature on yeah, the record was Selena Gomez. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I still, like, treasure those first couple albums where I'm, like, an old man yelling at clouds here, but I'm, like, I love, like, moody fucking, like, how do I know you're gay? Because you, like, Coldplay, Coldplay. You know what I mean? Like, that's the Coldplay yeah, yeah, I yeah. like. like I, I've taken enough shit over the years to be in a Coldplay fan. I want that back. Now it's, like, they're popping. It is what it is. But <laughs> so we got Coldplay. I appreciate young, that. I appreciate that. Young Thug dropped a new album called Punk, which I actually fucking loved. I love Thug. We, get into, we got into that with Jetski. It was a good conversation. But, like, I love Thug. Uh, Mac Miller dropped, or not him, but his estate dropped faces uh, on all streaming services. But of course, I've been busting nut over. Finally, I've been busting nut all over social media about this. It's my favorite fucking mixtape, maybe of all time. The man was just locked in a basement with kilos of cocaine, just making wild ass music with his friends, and it's fucking outstanding. Dante, I didn't know you fucked with that shit, dude. You gave me a look, yo, <laughs> dude. We had. Our second stool Palooza tour, we had Mac Miller opening up. No shit. On that tour. Yeah. He didn't even have he didn't even have a fucking DJ. Like I had to like play his songs off like side of the stage. What? Yeah, man. He Holy was shit. Yeah, one of the coolest fucking guys ever. But yeah, I fucking I love I love Mac. And this so similar story with a, I think last month, all the Leah's stuff finally mm-hmm. went up online. Yep. And it just makes me think, like, why would these families hold back from putting, you know, their loved one's stuff up there? I mean, they're only missing. I know I'm not saying it's like all about money, but they're only missing out on on money by Man, not having money. it up there, especially in their legacy out there more and everything. Mm, yeah, especially after like all the Mac stuff, you know the anniversary last year or two years ago now it's fucking crazy how crazy. long it's been but i mean i mean i don't know i just i feel like when they finally do it it's like what the you fucking wasted so much time but well to me like it's putting out their old stuff which i think is a layup like alia's catalog just wasn't on streaming services which is just fucking crazy it i think that where you get dangerous is where you start putting unreleased stuff that the artist didn't sanction but like something like faces, like they were just trying to clear samples. Like that's all it was. Like that's what took faces so long to get up because it was free. So they didn't have to clear anything. So like they had Duke Ellington samples and shit like that. Like they Duke Ellington did not give them permission to put the sample out. So they had to re-record part of the record. So it was stuff like that. And they cut out skits. Like they had skits from the movie kids on there that they had to cut out because they didn't get it cleared. That's the thing. But like when you talk about Prince, where Prince has vault, Prince has vaults of music that never got released and now his estate's releasing it and it never got his blessing. That to me is where it's like, it's in the vault for a reason. Don't put it out. But at the same time as a selfish fan, I'm like, yo, put it the fuck out. I want to hear more Prince. For sure. When it comes to something like kid or like faces, I want that. I love that. I've been listening to that for fucking six years now. Put that shit out, please. So I agree with you on that note, but I don't know, like looking at all this, like all the new music that came out this week, most of it, I'm just kind of like, meh. Like, I don't know, like, it feels like a lot of this is shit that should have been out years ago, but the pandemic pushed everything back. And now it's like, all right, just put everything out from these big artists now. Like, even Zach Brown put out a new album this week, and I didn't listen to it. I didn't give a fuck. But that's a story for another time, I guess, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Boycotted. Well, yeah, yeah. Fuck him. 
but my question, <laughs> my question is like, are we in a rotten music? Like, do we, are we missing anything? Do we need more new shit? Or is it just like, there's a I, Dante, you obviously feel away. I think it's, I think it's, we need less. I mean, it's Ooh. just, everything is so saturated now and nothing has a shelf life. And I don't know if it's because it's not good enough to have a shelf life or if it's because there's just this constant like inundation of new shit and everyone's constantly like, Oh, I need to, I need to hear the new whatever. And then you don't have time to listen to, you know, we just talked about, have you gone back and listened to Donda and Drake yet? And you guys were like, not really. And I mean, that's only five weeks old. Like that just fucking came out. Like when, when you used to buy albums, you'd spin that shit until like the CD fucking, you know, cracked or got scratched. And this this is why people always ask me like, Hey, why haven't you guys put a full album out in four years? Like we've released like 20 singles in that time, but why not an album? There's almost no need to. And I always say, like, why would I? Can you explain to me why when I can get an album's worth of content out of one song at a time and I can give it in like a digestible form, like as a music nerd, as someone who makes music for his fucking life, I like I'm the biggest proponent of like when I'm in the car, I never finish one song. I am the worst. I'm a skipper. Like midway through a song, I skip to the next song because I have such I know it's fucking atrocious. I was with my wife in the car the other day. She's like, you have ADD. Like There's something wrong with you. I got music ADD bad, too. Dude, I can't finish a song. And that to me leads even to say like someone who cares as deeply about music as I do. My attention span has dwindled, like dwindled terribly to where I can't finish a fucking song. So maybe we need to reprogram ourselves a little bit to be able to appreciate this fucking music because it's getting wasted. People put out records and nobody hears them. You look for the singles and then you move on. That's what it is. It's fucking crazy. Like it, it's the world we live in nowadays. Like Dave, when was the last time you sat down and listened to a full record? Donda, but that was a cultural moment. That's that's, that's that doesn't even count. I'm not even counting that. But like, fuck, uh, Weezer. See, and that, and once again, that was that over a year like, ago. It, it might not even have been, dude. You're talking, yeah. okay, human? Yeah, okay, human. Yeah. We interviewed the guy who mastered it the week it came out, and that was in March. Okay, so yeah, shit. Like I've, I've like re listened to that album maybe 10 times total. But my, I love is, it, but it's not like old fucking, like, Dante said, you yeah. used to like go to fucking the mall and pick up your. You know, you knew when shit was coming out. It's now you just kind of pick it up in pieces. Like it, it makes me feel bad as a musician, as a songwriter, to like think like this. But also, I use guys like Dave, who are music fans, as market research in a way. You know what I mean? Like it's like, what are you like? How often do you listen to a record? You listen to singles, things like that. And motherfuckers want to throw you a twenty-song piece of work. I'm not going to hit every one of those songs. And if I do, I'm going to listen to it once, throw me singles. And then when I really want something, give me an album. But like for all the artists out there who are coming up, don't waste your time trying to make a fucking 20 song album. that nobody's going to listen to more than once. Make something really good. Make people want it and then go fucking release an album. That's just my opinion. I don't know how Dante feels about that, but that's how I am. Yeah. I feel like an old man saying like, you know, in the golden days, like, yeah, but it does. It just, I don't know. It just makes me sad. It feels like, everything's i mean i i say this like once an episode it just feels like fucking labels just find a way to ruin everything factual information we know this and that's yeah we don't have kenny here to give you the major label perspective because he's been through the system but the funny thing is he's like yeah it's completely right they fuck everything up so 
Shouts out to Kenny. RIP. We uh we do have to touch on what I think is the biggest music news of the week. What was it? The the Red Hot Chili Peppers announced that they're dropping a new album. First time since 2006 with John Frusciante. And since Stadium Arcadium, I believe it was. Yeah. That was the 2006 album. And uh, I said a few weeks back, like, who that hasn't dropped a new album? That was one of my picks. In the last five years or three years or whatever we said. The you did say was. that. I, I want to hear what it sounds like with John Prashanti in 2021. I'm interested. I want to see. I'm very interested. I, I'm hoping for the best and expecting the worst. But uh, Chad Smith apparently says it's fucking awesome and they're all getting along. But I don't know if I want them to all be getting along at the same time. Fast. I want like, you know, heroin fueled flea bouncing off the walls and shit. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. This is since Weezer. This is the one album where I like cannot fucking wait for it. Dave, do you remember we had a guest on the podcast who accidentally told us that he was working oh, on the new Chili shit. Peppers album? Shit, I completely yeah, forgot, forgot about well, that. I'm not gonna say now. I'm not gonna say who it was, but we had somebody on the podcast and I, I just said, Hey, what have you been working on lately? He's like, Oh man, I've been working on the new Chili Peppers album. And we were like, Wait, what? Wait, what when was this and who was this? I can't say who it was because he'll get he'll get assassinated. I swear to God, he was like he said that we had to cut it. We had to cut it. And I was like, meh, 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 breaking news. What the fuck, dude? How are you gonna like just drop that on me? Because he had been working on some other big albums. And he was like, oh, shit, wait, I can't say that. Like, I swear to God, I'll get murdered. Like, you have to delete that. And I was like, yo, what kind of check you going to cut me, motherfucker? Like, you're really just going to fucking drop that shit on me and I can't, like, put that out? And he was like, no, seriously. And then as soon as the interview ended, he texted Kenny and was like, dude, seriously, you need to cut that out. Like, I will get murdered. Like, I will lose all credibility. Like, I completely fucking forgot about this situation. Yeah, I completely forgot about it. This is That's how far awesome. on the inside we are, David. We're that far on the fucking inside. We could have broke that shit. We could man. have. We should do it like uh, posthumously and just like fucking now out the dude and say like, oh, yeah, by yeah, the way, yeah. we, knew, we knew fucking three months ago this shit was happening. Yeah, we, we should hold it over his head and be like, yo, man, we're, like we can officially keep a secret. Now he tosses, you know, Chad Smith. Money. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Chad Smith works for me. Or John Fusciante. Like either yeah, either or. Flea. Anybody. Any yeah, of them. Any of them. Way. I am excited about that, and their tour is going to be fucking phenomenal. They have the I've seen them live. Opening. They are fucking awesome live. They I are so good. I told you they don't really do that much for me. Like, I have full respect for them, but they're not someone who I ever go and, like, seek it out. But if I hear something that I really like, I like it. They are undeniably one of the most talented bands of all time. Between Frusciante and... And he Flea, says that Frusciante is, in his opinion, the best guitarist ever. He's one of the greatest manipulators wow. of melody ever. He He comes up with lines. It's not like a... It's not like a fucking, okay, Eddie Van Halen can tap and, like, people light their guitars and shit on fire. Jean Frusciante is a music, like, a, a melodic, like, I don't, I don't know how to put this. Like, he has, he's like a, a fucking freak. Like, it makes no sense. Nobody can write things like that. The notes don't make sense, but they come out in this unique way that you know it's Frusciante the second you hear it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really what it is. Like, so, I am excited I, about I, that. I, that little soliloquy you just gave, I'm fucking so pumped now. Yeah, me too. I got a boner. Uh, let's go into on the list, off the list. Uh, mine is the movie Say Anything. <laughs> what a fucking adorable movie. Oh, my God. What Cameron Crowe, one of the best directors ever. He directed my favorite movie, Almost Famous, and one of my favorite movies, um, Jerry Maguire, on top of Say Anything. I think Say Anything might be his first movie, actually. But, really? Um, it might be. I could be incorrect there. But 
as much as I fucking hate John Cusack's guts now, I love that movie. It's, it's a, a perfect movie. fucking teenage romantic comedy. If it's on TV, I'm 1000% watch, watching it like between commercials. I love that movie and it's on my list and it'll always play for the rest of my life in the little fucking boombox scene. It's like a modern day, like uh, Capulets and Montagues. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that it has the probably the greatest use of a song in a movie ever. Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. It's yeah. one of my favorite songs of all time. Dude, fucking Cameron Crowe's great at that, man. In in uh, Jerry Maguire, I thought he used Bruce Springsteen yeah. absolutely fucking perfectly. I mean, almost recorded that song for, for that movie. Yeah. For that movie, yeah. yeah. Which Secret is Garden, yeah. Which is bananas. That you like, you realize like the fucking clout you have to have to get Springsteen yeah. to do something. Oh, here's a here's a fucking story for you guys. I don't know if you know this because he's done two movies before. He did uh, Streets of Philadelphia for Philadelphia, the movie with Tom Tom, Tom Hanks and Den- yeah. Denzel Washington. And he off my list is Bathroom Scale, so I hadn't touched a uh, um, Peloton in like ten days. Oh Bad. no. And the scales just eyeing me down, like, come on, try it, try it, asshole. Step on me. And I refuse to do it. What do you think you're at? Uh 212-ish. Okay. When I should be probably 195-ish. I need to lose like 20 pounds. But if you if you stepped on the scale and it said 225, would you like shit your pants? I would I would I would jump off the Sears Tower. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to. Jesus, I, I don't think I could gain like 15 pounds in a week. No, I don't think so either. You never know. Let's fucking hope not, dude. I'm fucking I'm a buck 85 right now, which is light for me. That's good it's, weight. It's good weight. That's like a pro. That's when I was running the marathon. Like it was like two months after that, I got down to 185. This is stress skinny. I'm not, this isn't like happy. Like I've been, I've been killing at the gym skinny. This is <laughs> yeah. I was like killing it at the gym skinny. Those days waved bye-bye years ago though. <laughs> Dave doesn't like to pick heavy things up. We've talked about this. Uh, my off the list is Jackson Mahomes. You little piece of shit. What a <laughs> fucking loser. I'm so tired of this kid. I feel bad for Patrick Mahomes because he's got his nerd little brother out here doing TikToks on Sean Taylor's fucking like shrine or whatever it was. And I, I, just, I just can't stand him. I, 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 I just, it creeps me to fuck out. Like, have some respect for your brother. Your brother's one of the greatest athletes on earth, and you're just out here trying to use his fucking name and you look like an asshole all the time. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? The TikTok kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, how old is he now? Like 15? No, oh, he's, he's like, way older. Dude, he's I like thought six, he was like, a, he's like six, seven. If he's 15, then what the fuck? Just go, go shoot hoops. Go stop dancing. Go fucking get a scholarship. I'm looking this up right now. I could have. I thought he was like a fucking teenager. Hold on. Jackson Mahomes. It just says on, on Google. All it says is Jackson Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, brother. Like that's, that's who you are, bro. Let me see something real quick. How old is this fucking kid? If he's I, in his twenties, then I take back everything I was about to say. I thought and also, if, if he's 15, I apologize. Yeah. Cause Sean Taylor died like 15 years ago now. He's 21. Fuck him. So, yeah, he's yeah, he's an asshole. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck that kid. All right. Well, I, I don't take back what I said. Stop dancing. Go fucking throw a football with your brother. Uh, Dante, who's off your list? Trap music and the DJs that continue to play it in the clubs. Ooh, interesting. It is just... 
I just do not. I have, so I haven't been in the clubs a lot lately, but being in Vegas uh, this week and going around and seeing people I haven't seen in a long time is just like, I think being away from it kind of gave me a reset and I notice things a lot more now that I maybe didn't. But dude, it is just so fucking awkward and uncomfortable mm-hmm. hearing this shit and just seeing dance floors completely come to a standstill because nobody can dance to this shit. It's like just chainsaw music is what I yeah. call it. Like these <laughs> drops that are like, like there's no, there's no fucking like cadence with the beat. It's just all over the place. Is this like dipset or, 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 or dubstep type shit? Like worse. Kind of, I mean, oh. it's a dubstep kind of evolved into, into trap. Um, and they just, I mean, they fucking make a trap remix of everything now. It can't just uh, okay. be an original song. It has to be a trap remix. It's fucking terrible. And I don't understand how these guys and girls stand up there in front of a crowd and watch nobody dance and don't fucking open their eyes and realize, like, no one likes this shit. When you said trap, I thought you were talking about Future and Young Thug and shit like that. Like, I thought you were, like, talking about, like, trap, like, rap, like, not that shit. But you're talking about, like, some, like, dubstep-esque, like, wub-wub music. Yes. Ugh. No, I'm not about that life. Yeah. Nah. Don't terrible. do it. No, don't thank do it. you. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be somewhere and, and feel awkward because the music is... First, if you're a DJ, play to your audience. Like, don't, don't, don't be trying to, like, stun on somebody by playing some weirdo shit. Like, that's, not, that's not what it's about. Put on Cameron's greatest hits and let the crowd go wild. That's what I feel like. But all right, that's on the list, off the list. Real quick, let's wrap this up before we go into our pick of the week with the heavy hours. Let's do what the fuck we've been listening to. My pick, Wu-Tang. I've just been on a 36 Chambers kick, uh, Protect Your Neck. Uh, I went back, I started watching the Star series, the the Wu-Tang. Like the, they have like a whole series now documentary, like the come up of Wu-Tang, but it's like Dave East and Joey Badass are like playing the characters. It's fucking sick. And I went back, just went to 36 Chambers this week. Wu-Tang is an American institution. I thank God they exist. So Wu-Tang is my pick. Dave, what the fuck have you been listening to? You guys are going to be proud of me. Uh, Colors and Shapes by Mac Miller was the last uh, I I played on Spotify. Let's go. Um, I did go down on yesterday morning. um, Prior to the Bears game, I went down a little Mac Miller rabbit hole. He really was the fucking best, man. He's sitting right there on the wall. I fucking love him. He's an artist who really like grew and changed and did a lot of shit. So yeah, like, for sure, for sure. I love him to death. I can't believe Dante. I can't believe you got to like be around him. I almost got to smoke weed with him. They offered me a joint, and that was back when I didn't do like I didn't smoke weed. I didn't do any drugs. Um, and I turned it down, and I regret the fuck out of it now. I told my friend I went to see uh, Darius Rucker at Joe's on Weed Street, like four years ago and we had the like balcony seating for it and i told my friends that i smoked a joint with (laughs) darius rucker and like to this day they believe me and it was it was i didn't even meet darius rucker it's a great story yeah that that is the thing though like i like there would be certain artists like i don't smoke weed but if they came up to me i'd be like you have to i have to do it like I, i don't have a choice like i would just have to do it mac would be one of them and Dante, I like how you phrase that where you're like, I didn't do drugs back then. As opposed to now, he's like, as opposed to now, I wouldn't. I, I, still, I still don't do drugs. I just smoke weed and do edibles. There you go. That's Dave's forte. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's the fucking best way to end the night. <laughs> Dante, what the fuck have you been listening to? New Jack White. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Taking me back. He uh first new single in a long time. I don't know how many years, but uh what I love about this song is this motherfucker played every instrument on it and mixed it himself and released a stripped down version, which is basically like a, a acoustic. I mean, so there's the album version and a stripped down version. I mean, this guy is just like, you can tell he's a real, he's a real fans musician. Yep. So he knows like what his people want and will eat up and he plays right into it. He's not one of these fucking artists. That's like, you know, you're going to take what I give you. I mean, he's just the fucking man. I love the guy. I love Jack White so much, dude. And, and you, you bring up something too. He played all the instruments. He's one of those guys, like I said about Dave Grohl to where it has to suck to be in a band with him, knowing that the guy who's leading the band is better at every instrument than you are. Like you could be the drummer, but Jack White's like, let me show you how to do it. And then we'll <laughs> go from there. But dude, I agree. I'm excited. I'm excited for what blue hair Jack White has to put out. Like I'm excited about that. Oh, like, he's got blue hair now. Yeah, you haven't seen that picture yeah, yeah, yet. Yeah. He's got full on blue hair. He has like a blue comb over. It's very uh, interesting. I gotta, look, I gotta look it up. Oh my god. Well, that's what the fuck we've been listening to this week. That's our episode for this week. Big thank you to Wayne Jetski. Big thank you to Dave and Dante for being back in the building. We're back on the grind, ladies and gentlemen. We have some big guests coming up. We still have our pick of the week coming up, The Heavy Hours. We talk about their new EP, their new single, working with Dan Auerbach. It's an amazing conversation. Uh, gentlemen, anything else for us this week? I got nothing. Good to be back. Beautiful. I'm going to go drink whiskey to finish my birthday. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Colin. Cheers, motherfuckers. Happy to, birthday, uh, another To another decade beginning. I love these two motherfuckers. Earlier, Dave texted me in, in, in the group chat and goes, Oh, happy birthday, you old motherfucker. Just so you know, it's all downhill from here. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I feel like things are going to be going good. And Dante said, I agree with Dave, but yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> I was like, it's the truth, though. Nothing it is happens true. after 30. It is I'm, true. I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. But either way, fucking cheers to another week. Let's go into our pick of the week with the heavy hours. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for our pick of the week this week. I got this sent to me like earlier this week and it blew my fucking mind. We have the boys from the heavy hours on. Gentlemen, how the fuck are we today? Great. So good. So good. We were talking before we started the interview and I said, we've had so many goddamn Ohio bands on here and I don't understand why. What is it about Ohio that's bringing all these great bands out? Is there a reason or is there a rationale behind this or is it just like a lucky streak? I have no idea. It's a massive cabal behind everything. <laughs> There's nothing better to do. Here. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Like Ohio's maybe it's boring, so we have to find you know ways to try to get out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that you're like, yeah, it kind of sucks here, so we have nothing better to do but to make music. Oh yeah, it's but we a- do. Yeah, we do love Cincinnati though. We aren't going to bash on that. The Republic yeah. of Cincinnati. Yeah. No, are you guys? Love- are you guys Skyline Chili guys? Be honest with me. Hell yes. Oh, straight up. Are you not? No, I am. I am 100%. Good. We had our first experience. We were we were playing a festival in Kentucky, like 2019, and we were driving through, and we saw a Skyline Chili when we were driving through Cincinnati, and we actually, like, fucking skirted off the highway, and we had to get it. <laughs> and I don't know if it's ever a good idea, but it's fucking oh. delicious. I enjoyed it. 
Yeah. Terrible so idea, I actually had a revelation today about Skyline Chili. I was eating both Skyline Chili and uh, Indian food, chicken tikka masala. And I think, <laughs> I think, I think the both are very similar in flavor profile. Actually. Yeah, I think they both do something similar to your stomach as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be in the middle of the interview and he's going to be talking. He's going to be like, yeah. And honestly, the record was, all right, I'll be right back. <laughs> so, all right. So we, we, we've, we've gotten the jokes out, but uh, you guys have a new EP called wildfire out. You guys just basically started putting music out this year. How the fuck did this come about? Uh, how did we start putting, uh, I don't know. I mean, we recorded, we recorded these songs not too long ago when like 20, I guess right before the pandemic got back 2019. And uh, yeah, that's sort of, effed up our release schedule so uh we've just been sort of flying by the seat of our pants up until now and it's i think it's time to start getting music out we got this ep out there's an album coming out in uh january that we're stoked about we're just kind of ready to get this music out i mean personally the one thing i really took away from the ep was it's refreshing to hear a bunch of dudes not trying to be anybody else because we're really in this fucking landscape right now where we talk about it on the podcast all the time. It always, it sounds like there's like a, I don't know, like a focus group behind everything that everybody does. <laughs> and what I, what I really liked about the EP and especially the song don't walk away that we're going to play. I was like, it doesn't feel like there's anything being forced here. It just feels great. I mean, and I, yeah. in everything that I've done research leading up to this, you guys work with some fucking heavy hitters to make this record. Who was behind this? Who'd you guys write with? Who'd you work with? Go ahead and drop some names. Let's go. Oh, man. Yeah, and you saying there's a focus group behind it. There definitely wasn't a focus group behind our record, but there definitely was a cast of the craziest characters. You know, a focus group might have been a little uh, a little more tame. But <laughs> number one, Dan Auerbach was, uh, we co-wrote with him. Um, you guys want to speak to yeah well dan we co-wrote with dan but dan would bring in some of his friends which his friends are like 95 year old dudes who played on like elvis records yeah and so did you, did you guys cut this in the nashville studio down there we no. didn't but we, we we hung out with him and wrote in the nashville studio and so we were there for like a week just hanging out in that studio every day and it was a wild place it was crazy Dude, I love watching the behind-the-scenes videos from there. Like, I know Rolling Stone did a little behind-the-scenes of Dan Auerbach's yeah. Nashville studio, yeah. and it literally looks like an old VFW hall with, like, the characters that walk in. It's just yeah. like – but they're great session musicians. You can't beat that. Yeah, they're yeah. Un unbelievable musicians. And there's, like, a random, like, 14-year-old there named Mickey who, like, is great at saxophone or something. <laughs> He's, like, a prodigy or something. Like, uh, Dan's growing him in a lab. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, like – I don't think you go to a Dan Auerbach-related studio and don't expect some weird shit to happen. <laughs> but what came out of it was amazing. So you had Dan Auerbach. Who else did you guys work with? Um, and then after Dan, we got to meet and became really awesome friends with who ended up becoming our producer. That was Simon Felice and David Barron. And Simon was in the Felice Brothers. He was the drummer. Um, but he's also been the producer for the Lumineers past three or four albums. Um, he's worked with just a lot of really cool people up in Woodstock, New York. And so we got in on that, uh, on that circle. And yeah, Simon's one of our, one of our best, Simon is best guys. We, during the last recording session we had, uh, like one day we walked in, we thought we were going to be recording our music and our two producers, Simon and David, 
they were like, hey, real quick, can you guys lay down like a harmony and a guitar part for Shania Twain? We're like working on a single for her. <laughs> what? And I don't know what ever happened to that, but like that was just, you know, an experience that I never thought we'd have walking into a studio. <laughs> I don't know what happened with that. If someone asked me to do harmonies for Shania Twain, that's all I would think about all day, every day for the rest of my <laughs> fucking life. Jesus. But no, it's funny because I had been listening to a lot of Felice Brothers and then listening back to the record now, it makes sense that that was what was behind it. That's fucking incredible. Like, how did, like, was this all chance meetings or was this set up by people? Like, how the fuck did you guys get in the room with these people? Yeah, we, we've asked ourselves that question a lot. Yeah. Too. It was a, it was kind of like, yeah, this weird chance thing. We, me and AJ and John, we had written some songs and, you know, had this like EP kind of like demos that we were sending around and um, just hoping somebody would, it would get in the lap of somebody important. And um, we ended up getting hooked up with an agent. And then after he was like, yeah, I like this stuff. Let me send it around. And he sent it around to people and they were like, yeah, this is cool. And next thing you know, we're like getting lunch with Dan and driving up the Woodstock. So it just kind of happened organically. It really was just like our Dropbox of demos like bouncing around to random people and just phone call after phone call of like, hey, I like this shit. Like, can we go? <laughs> and I think I think the coolest thing for you guys too is um, we had uh, David Basin, who is a big manager. He like found the strokes. He was on the podcast last week, wow. and he had, he was talking about being a manager today. You have to find artists who kind of know who they are, like. Like you have bands that are indie bands who for some reason want to be TikTok sensations. Then you have pop artists who want to tour and it's like, they don't fit. I feel like you guys have a very good grip on who you are, who you should be touring with the songs you should be writing. And you just got off the road with fucking galactic. Like what what was that to to tour with maybe one of the best live bands on earth? Like what was that run with galactic? Like they were like our road parents. They like took us in like, I, like they were seriously some of the nicest human beings we've ever met. We hung out with them every show afterwards, and they just like legitimately will have a bond with them for the rest of our lives. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the cool thing about them, or like the thing that we tried to do as a band, was like just try to be, you know, sponges and just like soak up everything we can, you know, every piece of nugget of information and and just thing we can learn on stage from them. And like there wasn't a better band in the world to to try to like learn from than these guys that have are actual like masters at their instruments and masters at live performance and like like Stanton Moore's might be one of the best drummers like of, I of was just show. gonna ask you guys which one of you is the drummer which one of you guys plays drums uh, our drummer is in Nashville right now he's not with us right now okay uh, well e- either way he must have just sat there the entire time just staring oh, they were they were texting like constantly yes, all the time they were like, having a they formed a relationship man it was awesome Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Well, also, I, this is like an off, like it has nothing to do with you guys, but who was the guest vocalist on the road with Galactic? Uh, I was going to say uh, Angelica Jelly Joseph, uh, Jelly. And she uh, she was so cool. She was so chill, so down to earth. Um, and she would hang out with us after every show. Uh, she is an amazing entertainer and also a huge uh, part of our positive experience with them was their crew. Galactic has a crew that is just top notch and they're just a well-oiled machine, you know? And that's something that I think we all looked at and we were like, damn, someday we want to be a well-oiled machine like that. Dude, there's no, there's nothing more jarring. Like two weeks ago, we got to open up for Jane's Addiction, The Offspring and Cheap Trick. 
Dude, that's awesome. And, that's we, and we fucking showed up with like our crew. Like there was 10 people total with us. And then yeah. we watched the semi truck start backing up to unload everybody's <laughs> shit. And we have like a cart with like our fucking amps on it. And they're like, it made me feel dumb, but also made me be like, holy shit, there's so much more to learn. And like, I guess like kind of my wrap up question would be like, what have you guys learned the most from being around Dan and Galactic and and so, like so, like like there's been so many people you can soak up from. You said your sponges. Like, what have you guys learned the most in the process so far? Hmm. One thing that I've noticed about Dan and about Simon and about you know the guys that we look up to in this industry is you really get a sense that they have like a mission and a goal that they feel and they are just you know they're not ruthless. They're not like, you know, chopping people's heads off, but they are just like going towards that goal with confidence. Yeah. yeah. And they are like, they're going to go there. They're going to bring everybody with them. They're in it. They're just kind of like these weird, crazy, psychotic leaders <laughs> who are also like funny and just, I don't know. They're, they're like true artists, man. man you just described the shit out of me. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> dude but that's the biggest thing that we try and convey on the fucking podcast is like to really make it if you want to say make it in music or entertainment whatever just in life you have to have this fucking wild optimism that like yeah i can do this shit and i mean like being in rooms with people like that like you have to have that or else you're never gonna make it like you're never and by make it i mean like you're never gonna like get where you want to be like that's such a great thing to take away from it but I mean, you guys obviously, like, you've been on the road, you're putting out music. What is next? I guess, you know, we're going to try to, yeah, get this album out in January. And, um, yeah, and just hop on more shows, you know, like, shows are just starting now to kind of, like, have some rhythm and flow yes. to, like, tour and stuff again. So we've been, like, you know, hopping on a tour for a week and doing some one-off shows. And, like, a couple weeks ago, we got to do a, a one-off show with Nathaniel Rateliff in Chicago, which was awesome. What? Where was it? It was the Gallagher, Gallagher Way. Yeah, right outside of Wrigley. Dude, you sh- I wish I would have known that ahead of time because fucking White Sox Dave literally would have been there. Like, <laughs> I- it was I'm a big show. It was yeah. sold out. But just, yeah, just trying to have some hop on more shows and honestly just play, play more in 2022. Get some more spins. Yo, and dude, and how many people ask you guys on a regular basis, like, oh, when's the next time you guys are going to be playing a show? And you just have to be like, Nobody really knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have shows that are booked for December that I'm literally getting stuff back from the agent of the person who we're opening for being like, maybe? Like, we, don't, yeah. we don't know. Yeah. Like We have two days in December that it's just like, hold this. You know, that's all we know. You know? Yeah. Uh, dude, either way, like, I'm really impressed with how much you guys have gotten done in such a short amount of time. I don't know, man fucking future is bright not to mention yo i i just realized this you guys did wxpn's free at noon in philadelphia yeah yeah that's our homies like that's i literally live like five minutes i'm a philly boy so like oh hell yeah bruce warren who runs that station is a very 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 good friend of mine i'm about to text and be like yo gonna spend spend some more heavy hours what are we doing here (laughs) they are they are radio stations like that are are so clutch to have in the country i mean AAA, baby AAA radio gotta yeah. love it but all right so we're gonna go into don't walk away is there anything else you guys like to say to the fucking hordes of people that are gonna be listening to this 
Uh, after you're done listening to it, listen to the whole EP. Listen to the whole Wildfire EP. Go out and support live music. Yeah. Buy, buy tickets, go to concerts, be safe about it. Eat Skyline yeah. Chili. Mix yeah. it with Tikka Masala. Don't be a dickhead. And go Bengals. Don't be a dickhead. Go Bengals. <laughs> I love it, dude. Gentlemen, it's been fucking great to meet you guys. I'm, I think, honestly, we should get together and maybe do a show or two. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be yeah, a good time. That'd be awesome. Yes. We're always down. We fucking say no more. Ladies and gentlemen, go check out the Heavy Hours. This is their single, Don't Walk Away. If you're the ocean, I'll be the stars. Shine on you wherever you are. If you're the needle, I'll be the thread. And put us back together again You got me running out of my mind You got me begging for a piece of your time You got me sleeping Yeah.